friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I am so happy to have you here as we dive into a brand new month. So we jump into November. Now, I know for a lot of us, 2020 has drug by, but I feel like this last month or two is flying, and I I know a lot of you feel the same way, but I am ready to get to January. Let's get 2020 over with already, and we are only two months away from that as we start off the first week of November. I am super excited for you to be here today because we have a really fun guest. I'm chatting with my friend Lauren from Salted Pages which just the name of her business alone makes me smile because it's one of my favorite business names and it fits her and her style and her personality so perfectly. So I met Lauren earlier this year when I was looking to have some copy done for a few sales pages, landing pages, and I also did her branding photos for her business. And so we've spent some time together getting to know each other and becoming friends. And I just absolutely love working with her and she's super talented at what she does. Today, she's going to be sharing with us some tips on creating copy within your branding. And if you are listening to this interview today and you're thinking, I love this, this is great information, I want to know more, then you're in luck because this month inside the Business Builders Membership Program, Lauren is our guest expert. So Lauren is going to be creating all the content that goes inside this month's Business Builders Toolkit with do's and don'ts for copywriting, checklists, tutorials, all kinds of really great information on how to use the words in your brand to evoke emotion, excitement, and get people on board with your business and creating a following of people who are excited to hear what you have to say. So as you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, I want more of this, then head to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business builders. You can check out that link in the show notes below and sign up for our monthly membership. It's $27 a month. And each month you will get a new toolkit with a different business topic that you can use right away to implement in your business. The whole purpose around business builders is to build a business without the overwhelm of traditional courses and workshops that throw a ton of information at you at one time. You are getting one building block each month with tons of resources, guides, templates, everything you need to implement it into your business right away and start seeing results. And like I said, this month, we're talking all about copywriting with Lauren as our guest expert. So head to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business builders and get signed up today. All right, guys, let's get to my conversation with Lauren from Salted Pages. All right, guys, I am here today with Lauren from Salted Pages. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Hi, I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Of course, we're going to have a great time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, okay, start by telling us who you are, what you do, and sort of your story, your journey of how you got to where you are. Of course, this is the fun part that I always feel like I could just spend years talking about. Every person has a different journey. And especially when you're interested in growing your own business or starting your own business, I feel like there's always bits and pieces that you can take. So I'm glad that you asked. 
So I'm Lauren. I'm the owner and content strategist for Salted Pages. It's a business that I run. Um, and my journey really began while I was in college. I studied journalism and happened to apply to a job that by chance was remote, which now kind of seems really normal to be working remotely. But back then it was kind of like a rarity. There was a guy who worked from home and it needed someone to help with his content writing and management. So that kind of started my journey into the world of writing for people, working my own hours, working where I want to and when I want to. And from there, I grew it into what it is today, a business um, and not just you know a freelance gig. And that's really helped me a lot. You know, Instead of pitching to people and going out and finding different jobs, I kind of pivoted and switched that on its head and now you know operate all this as a business as a website with packages and offerings and you know I do my own marketing and run it as a business and it's so fun it's so much more rewarding and so much better than than the freelance side of things I'm sure there's a lot of creatives out there graphic designers and website developers and the freelance world is hard but I feel like the business world while it has its own challenges is so much better and has made things a lot easier for me so anyways that's kind of you know, the backstory of all of that, uh, started freelancing in college and then now have my own business called Salted Pages. And my focus today, um, with my clients is, is all about that content that we're creating for their business. So that's website content, blogs, email funnels, and it's super fun. I have, uh, a lot of really great people that I've gotten to know through my work and also get to play around on like the search engine side of things too, which, um, adds a little bit of a technical crew, not creative, but it's a fun aspect to what I do in addition to the writing side of things. That's awesome. So have you always enjoyed writing then? Is that something that like ever since you were little, you were just naturally good at or did you learn how to do it? Yeah, I honestly, I guess I'm just really blessed to just have grown up with this natural ability to write. In school, I remember a lot of other kids would like look at the blank piece of paper and they would just struggle and they'd have to get help from their parents. But I always really looked forward to getting it done and never had that blank paper stare. Like that was just an opportunity for me. Like, great. I get to fill this in. I get to add my thoughts. And I really enjoyed it. I remember there was a class, I think it was like fifth grade. We had to write an epilogue. So we all read a book together and then you had to write the story that would potentially come next after that. And uh, they asked me to read it out loud to the class. And I was like, me? Why? And I thought everyone else would be reading their story too, but it was just me. They just wanted me to read my section. And that's kind of, I think when I realized, oh, I guess I I don't just have an easy time at this, but I'm also good at this. So that, that was my experience. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause from someone who is, has not had that experience, that has definitely been something like in my business that I've struggled with because I have no shortage of ideas. It's getting the ideas on paper and in a way that connects and resonates with people. So I highly admire what you do because Anytime there's somebody who fills in gaps of what like your weaknesses are, it's always interesting to me. It's kind of like people who write songs, like it amazes me how they can just come up with these things and the way that, you know, when you're writing for people and you're able to create, you're able to put words together that on their own are just words, but when you put them together and they create something so powerful, like that's magical. And I'm in such awe of when people can do that. So I'm curious to learn (laughs) today kind of your process and how you do that and like what are some tips you might have for other people. So let's jump right in. So let's talk first about websites. Um, I know you've done and you've helped people with their website copy and helping them create content for their website. So what are some tips or some starting points for people who are designing their website or updating their website? And specifically maybe for people who are like, I feel like my 
my imagery is good. I feel like my branding is good, but somewhere there's a disconnect between people coming to my website and staying on my website or feeling like it's a place for them. So how can they bridge that gap? Yes, you hit the nail on its head. So many of my clients have such an eye for aesthetics and beauty and design, but then they, you know, they publish it or maybe they haven't even published it yet, but as they're going through it, they realize that the content is lacking and that the conversion rates are lacking. And that's where the text, the copywriting actually comes in because as beautiful, you know, even if you're a photographer and people are hiring you literally for the photos that you're taking. And so your website is kind of a portfolio for that. If you don't have that text there, there's a lack of trust that's created. There's a lack of storytelling. People want to see the beautiful products that you have, see a gorgeous website, but then be able to read about what it is that you have to offer and what makes you unique. If you just have a bunch of beautiful photos and a pretty design, sure, that's great. They'll kind of flip through it like a magazine, but they won't click that book button. They won't contact you and, and hire you for your services. So the content really needs to be um, you know, informative, engaging, helpful, create that connection they want to hear you. Just like, you know, we're talking today, Kendra, they want to hear your voice in your website and trust you and like you and hire you because of that. So the text is, is like my favorite thing because that's what it does. Yeah. I, so I talk a lot about like the no like, and trust factor and the fact that if they've come to your website, then they know who you are. Obviously they, they know you're, for example, a photographer, but then the like and the trust part is where a lot of people lose audience members on their website because and I see this a lot with photographers and not, not to like target photographers, but since I know that industry so well, and because Me it's too. such a visual and videographers are the same way. And anybody that's really a visual industry is I co I've done a couple like website audits where I'll kind of go through and I'll review their website and they'll have the most beautiful images, but there is little to no text. Or if they do have text, it's things like, hi, I'm Kendra and I'm a photographer and I would love to capture your special day and, or your family is amazing. Let's capture your family. Okay. Well, that's good and great. And the photos are beautiful, but what else do we need to have? How can we create copy that's going to make someone go, oh my gosh, this person's talking to me. Cause those are the websites that I connect with are the ones where I go to it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's talking directly to me. Like, it's like, she wrote this talking to me. So how do we get that onto our own websites? Yes. That's a great question. So I think as you know, people who are just very much in the deep water of our businesses, it's hard to get that outside perspective and to remember what it's like to be someone who is not an expert, who hasn't hired someone who does what you do. And that's where the need for having that super clear, transparent, and informative copy comes in. So although it can be helpful to talk about like you and your family, include some of those details, maybe on the about page, the real things that you need to include need to focus on your client. So on the homepage, for example, like the first thing that I always recommend that people see is a super clear uh, phrase that describes like exactly what you do, what the transformation is, and who you do it for. So for example, I wrote for a hair and makeup artist. And um, her original site, I think like you would just kind of go in and it would say, you know, like, I'd love to work with you. We'll doll you up, make you look gorgeous. Um, but it was a lot of like we and my and like my services. And you often need to pivot that and focus more on the clients to talk about like you and like your wedding day or what it is that like they need. So for her site, like the first thing that we wrote was mobile hair and makeup artistry that makes you feel stunningly confident. Because with the process with her, we realized that her clients, yes, they were hiring her for hair and makeup artistry, but like they wanted that because they wanted to be like 
spot on and confident um, and poignant for their wedding day or for their photo shoot that they're having for their business. And so that first thing that they see, that client see now when they go to her website is all about like what it is that they'll get from working for her. So you see what it is that she does, mobile hair and makeup artistry, but then you see how it's going to help. And that's the fact that it will make you feel stunningly confident. So as your business, like you can think about what is it that I'm doing for them and how can I just like put that in like a phrase that will catch their attention. So that's like the first thing that I'll include on a header image or something like that as you're scrolling in. So it's, it's eye-catching, it's engaging. It tells you like right away what they do. And then just below that, I always have a more detailed version of like a mission statement or a value proposition where you're explaining in more depth, you know, who it is that you work for. So like if you're a copywriter for the wedding industry or you're a brand designer for um, maybe what would you be a brand designer for? Just like local businesses or small businesses, women-run businesses, whatever it is, you want to expand a little bit more and talk about like what you do, what you do it for, and the transformation it provides. Like those are the three things you want people to see right away and you want to make it about them. So try using less of we and I and me and more you and your, and this will make you feel this and this will help your business do this. So that's a a big uh, piece of advice that I have when it comes to that homepage and the first piece of content that people really see. Yeah, I think that part about the, like, what kind of transformation are they going to get? I, I see this a lot in, and I think it's one of those things where, like, once you recognize it, you see it everywhere. Um, and so when I go to other people's websites, whether I'm shopping or I'm looking at other, you know, business websites, I'll, I do. I see a lot of that, like, technical jargon as well. It's like, well, we do this and we, we provide you with these tools and we, you know, we use this cleaning product and we do this, and we do that. And then I'm sitting there going, okay, but how does that help me? Like, how do I know? Like, what am I going to get out of working from you? And kind of going back to the photographer thing, I think a lot of people assume, well, they're getting beautiful photos and that's what's on my website. But I think you have to go deeper than that. You have to go below the surface and say, well, it's more than just you're going to get great family photos from this. It's you're going to, you know, capture a moment in time that is so fleeting because your kids are only this size for so long. Or if you're a newborn photographer, you know, within the first four weeks of a baby being born, like they change so much. And so being able to really tap into, like you said, sort of the, what they're going to get from it, I think is really helpful. Yes. And speaking of, you know, the photographers, but also people who don't have a very visual product or service, regardless of how visual like your site and your products are, I think it's super important, like you said, to dive in and explain your process and to stand out. You're not like every other like service provider out there. So the writing on your website can help you stand out. You'll describe what makes you unique. If you're funny, be funny on your website. If you're the one that's going to show up and work with them, don't be a different person on your website and then be frustrated when they're confused about who you are in real life. You want that to match. You want it to line up. So if you're that like kind of semi-sarcastic, but super funny and welcoming person, be that way on your website. But if you're a little more cool, collected, and professional, do that on your website, but then make sure that's who you are with your clients too, because it will bring the right people to you and it will ensure that they're happy and comfortable with throughout the same process. The worst thing you can do is try to be someone else on your website and then work with someone and like disappoint them or confuse them because that doesn't match up. You need to be consistent and get into the details, stand out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. 
Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. So if someone is sitting in front of their like blanks template of a website and they're thinking, okay, this is all great information. I know what I should do, but how do I actually put it into words? Do you have any tips for people who are just kind of in that stuck, that phase of like, I don't know what words to use. I don't know like how wordy should I be? Should I be like to the point and a little more direct? Should I be a little more like flowery in my wording? Like, how do you kind of find a balance? Are there any sort of keywords you can, you can put in there that are going to evoke certain emotions? Like, where's the starting point as far as that blank piece of paper that you, taught, you know, kind of talked about earlier? That's a great question. So I actually recommend whether you're DIYing your copy or if you're hiring someone to do it for you, you always want to make sure that before you open that blank page or grab that blank piece of paper, that you first like think about your business and your brand as a whole. Um, and this is more of like a discovery process, an interview process. So there's, there's questionnaires. I could share one um, with, your, with our listeners today, but there's questionnaires you can answer about your brand and your business. Um, you know, who is it that you're trying to serve? Who is your ideal client? So there's some questions before you even start writing. You want to make sure that you have a clear understanding of. Um, so with my clients, for example, we do a brand questionnaire and a services questionnaire where before we even talk about like writing anything, we're just getting to know them, their business. What is it that you do? How do you stand out from your competitors? Who is it that you serve? So you want to make sure you have a clear understanding of your business and who you're serving before you even think about writing. And once you've done that discovery process, you've gotten into the nitty gritty of like who your brand is as a whole and answered those hard questions, then you can start writing and take that information and integrate it into your writing. So that when you open that page and you're starting to work on your homepage and you're thinking about, okay, I need that like clear phrase up front. I need that mission statement. Then maybe I'm going to have an about section. You can refer to your little like brand discovery questionnaire and make sure that that matches. Like is what I'm writing right now, is that relevant to who I just decided my ideal client is? Does that fit with this audience that I'm trying to serve? Is there something else I can come up with? And the other piece of advice that I have, you know, in terms of just getting that done and starting to write is really just to start writing. Um, Don't worry about being too wordy or using the right words per se. It's just a matter of like starting that flow. The, the, as soon as you get into it, then the sooner um, you'll start to just, your brain will turn, you'll start to think things through. And after you have that first draft done, you can dive back in. It's not going to be perfect. Maybe you'll realize that you were a bit repetitive or wordy and you can start to trim it down. Or maybe you use the word good and fun, but then you realize hmm, there's probably better words that I can use instead of those. Pull out your thesaurus, thesaurus.com. I have it open for every copywriting project and look up synonyms, look up other relative words that match better to your business and the people that you're trying to serve and that you think will be relevant to them. So to start writing and then you can adjust and fill in the blanks after that's done. I think that's great advice because I know I've struggled with this and I'm getting better with this, especially when it comes to like my email content, my blog content, where I used to think that I had to sit down and it had to be perfect the first time. And that would stop me from doing it. It was that, you know, perfection paralysis. Like I thought, okay, well, 
I would see, you know, it's that, I don't know what you would call it, but like that illusion that everybody's done this perfectly the first time when you right. really don't see the 30 other drafts they had before that. So just letting go of the idea that it has to be perfect the first time and just getting something down, a framework of some kind that you can work with and then going back and, and editing and revising and looking for those words. I know that's something that I've been trying to do more of and not worry about getting it perfectly done the first time. So I think that's a really great, great tip is just to put it out there, just start writing. And also, you know, from someone who's working with you and I've done your questionnaire, it really does make you think because you know, I, with my photography business, I know my ideal client. I know what her pain points are. I know, I know her inside and out, but with the Girl Means Business podcast and the Business Builders membership that I'm starting, this is a whole new, you know, brand for me. And I'm having to dive back into all those things. And it really made me think about who I'm serving and how I'm serving them and what their benefits they're going to be from working with me. And so taking the time to do that is huge. I think it gives people a lot of clarity, but that's a step that they sometimes skip because they want to get to the, the pretty stuff. They want to get to designing the website and putting it out there and, and getting all their content up and going when really in order for that to be successful, you've got to do the work first. Yes. And another thing that has helped me is after I've done that discovery process and really answered and flushed things out in terms of my brand and who I'm serving, before I start my draft, I actually will write down a list of adjectives um, so words that I think like describe my brand and could be used to accurately describe my services. When I launched my website, I like had a whole list of things, things from flavorful to engaging and poignant, you know, with my brand being salted pages, I wanted things that reflected that and had that fun personality. And that really helped me. So that way when I started writing, I could refer back to that. And that would remind me of that super just playful uh, side of my brand and make sure, and I could make sure that I include that in my copywriting. And then I also, in in addition to like the adjectives and like the main words I want to use, I'll also start with a mission statement, which sometimes can get you stuck. I know it's gotten me stuck because the mission statement is kind of like the first thing I'm going to use on the homepage. It's what I'm maybe going to like flip around and use on Instagram too. And because it is so reflective of the rest of your website, it can be uh, a sticky place. You can really get stuck there. So if you're struggling with that, maybe go to your services page. You know what you're offering. You know what your packages are. You can outline all of those, add little paragraph descriptions that describe them. Um, But when you're ready, jump back into that mission statement because once that's solidified, that's where you're going to kind of work off of on the rest of your site because your mission statement really defines what it is that you're doing, who you do it for. And it can have some of those playful adjectives that you've selected. And then you can kind of use that as your starting point for the rest of the website. Awesome. Okay. So we've talked about like the mission statement and the, um, you know, the little phrase and all that kind of stuff in the about me section. Let's, let's pause the about me section for a second. So are there any tips you have for about me? Cause I see a lot of people do their about me section. They'll say, hi, my name's Kendra. I'm a photographer. I've always loved photography. I love what I do. Can't wait to work with you but that doesn't really tell anybody about who I am as a person. So what tips do you have for that about me section to help make it so that your audience feels like they really are connected to you? Right. That's such a good question. It's something I address so many times with my clients. So with the about section, I think of this in two different ways um, in terms of where it's placed. So on the homepage, I always like to lower down to have a little about snippet that's kind of like an introduction. And then it will have a link to your actual about page where you can expand a little bit more. So in terms of the homepage of what to include there, 
you know, that can be, you know, more of that personal introduction, um, you know, just a shorter version, but on the, the more thorough detailed about page, I like to do a little bit of what you said, but to expand and add some more personality. So yes, you're a brand photographer. You want them to know that no matter where you are on your website. Um, but also you want to get a little bit more creative like me. I don't say I'm a copywriter. I say I'm a dog loving copywriter. It just adds some fun, some personality. I'll get hired by people who like dogs. And in my questionnaires, we'll add information about their dogs to include on the website. So that has helped me not only connect to my ideal clients, but it adds personality into my about page. So there's some fun things you can do like that, you know, like include some of the favorite things you like to do, where you're often spending your time. Like if you're a photographer, are you, where are you editing? Like, are you on the couch with tea slipped in the background? Are you at the beach? You know, kind of give them a feel into who you are and what it's like to work with you. So that's, that's a fun thing you can add. And I always like to do a mix of both adding personal background information. So on my website, I talk about like my dog and my love for travel, but then I also talk about my passion for what I do. I feel like that's super important, especially on a website where you're trying to you know, add your credibility, um, and get people to hire you. Yes. As much, um, as they potentially like to get to know you and be friends with you and know, like, and trust you. They also want to see your passion for what you do. Like, why should they hire you for X, Y, and Z? So on the about page, I like to go a little more into detail into like, maybe like your background. Like, do you have a degree? How many years have you been doing this for? Why did you start your business? And then really touch on your passions. Like what about this business? What about what you do derives you? When your clients see that and read that on your website, they'll be like, wow, I can trust her with this. She's going to take that and treat it like her own. And I am so excited to work with her. So by doing that on your about page, um, by including both your personal background, but then also your passion for your actual business and what you're doing is going to add that no like, and trust factor that will result in leads. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yeah, that's awesome. I 
And I love the idea of putting like a little snippet of your about section on your homepage. I hadn't thought to do that, but that way it kind of drives them to like want to know more about you, like a little teaser. So besides the homepage and the about me section, you kind of touched on like the services. What are some other places we need to have really good copy on our website? What are some things that we need to make sure we're including? Like, do you have kind of a checklist of items or is it different for every photographer, every not photographer, but every, every brand, every industry, you know, what do you suggest for that? Right. So, um, I feel like there is a general standard checklist that you can use no matter what you do. But that being said, the biggest difference that I find with the clients that I'm working for is whether or not like they're a one woman show, it's a personal brand, they're a photographer and it's all about them. Or are they a realtor? Are they a big nonprofit organization? That will kind of switch the type of content that you include, how casual versus professional you are. Um, but really in terms of like how much content you need on all of your pages, um, if you want, you know, your clients to know, like, and trust you, if you want them to see your credibility, um, see that authority, and as well as improve your search engine rankings online, the more content, the better. But of course, you want to make sure that it's good content because your clients will be seeing this. So um, I recommend to have at least 300 words on every page because otherwise, um, by Google standards, that can be kind of considered thin, which means that they may not really even rank it. They may not even really add it to the search engine results. So if your website's not doing well, go through and check the word count in each of the pages. If it's not 300 words per page, that's um, going to be an issue for you and you'll want to expand. So then the question is, well, what do I add? Kind of like what you were asking, Kendra. Mm-hmm. So on the services page, that's an opportunity for you to not only list a little bit about what's included in your packages, potentially list a starting price, but then you can also on the services page really touch on the transformation. You can have a bullet list of benefits of being, you know, whatever it is that you do or, um, add some reviews, add some testimonials, or maybe describe a story, you know, like Sarah uh, and I worked on this and you can really dive into how you actually help someone and kind of do a more storytelling side of things on your services page. So that's something you definitely want to make sure that is flushed out. A lot of people will pretty much go to your homepage and then want to see your prices and see your packages. So they'll just go directly to the services page. And if that's too thin, if that literally just says, well, you're going to hire me for $5,000 and this is what it is, that's kind of pushy. It's like going to buy a car and right away they try to hand you the keys in a contract and ask for your check. And that just feels uncomfortable. So you want to make sure that you're welcoming them into that services page. You're describing the transformation, describing the benefits. And then yeah, jump into the details of those packages and answer the most frequently asked questions within the details, but don't overwhelm them. If you have a ton of different questions that you're getting asked all the time, try to cover those just within the content. But if there's more details like, you know, what about the copyright for this? Um, you know, how do, how do payments work and things like that? I would reserve those details for later on in your process, perhaps as a proposal, perhaps that's covered during an intro call. You don't want to provide the, you want to provide the information, but you don't want to overwhelm them and provide too much information that just gets into the nitty gritty of things. Yeah. I like your car example because I've used this before, but I, I think like car advertisements, car commercials are a perfect example of how you can sell somebody on the experience, on the results they're going to get. Because you think about, I think it's Subaru that has like, they're big on like the outdoor and the finding adventure. And you'll have like a couple who are on like a main road and then they decide to take this road, this kind of offbeat path and they find adventure. It mentioned nothing about the nuts and bolts of the car. It didn't talk about, you know, how the car was made. It didn't talk about, you know, the different, the type of steel that's in there or the type of whatever. It they didn't talk about payment plans. They just, they gave you 
a glimpse into the experience you're going to get. And then when you go into the dealership, that's when you get kind of the nitty gritty. And so I love that comparison of, you know, you want your website to be that experience. You want the website to be what kind of gives them the shiny parts. And then I have like a welcome guide that when someone inquires with me, they get a link to a welcome guide that just gives them a little more kind of the next layer deep of what they need to know, a little more of the nuts and bolts and how things work. And then they can decide if they want to book with me or not. But yeah, I think that's a great comparison. I like that a lot. And you know what? I want a Subaru because of those commercials, (laughs) because I am into the outdoors. You know, I think for some of us, it's hard, you know, visually we can connect, but then you're looking at your website, you're looking at your keyboard and you're like, how do I actually write about that? And that's where I would say to think back to how you talk to your clients, think back, like think about how you talk to people on Instagram. What are you writing in your social media captions? That same kind of like value-based content and informative, engaging conversation style writing. You can use that on your website. Even if you have to do like a dictation of your writing where you're thinking about your services and what you would say to a client about your services, grab your like voice recorder and just start talking and then use that later on as you start writing um, because that'll give you more of that conversational, casual tone, which I feel like a lot of us smaller service-based businesses are more about. We're trying to be personable, relatable. We are the people working with our clients. So by you know doing voice to text or whatever it is that you have to do to make this happen on your website content, that's going to help you and that'll make it more relatable for your clients. Ooh, that's a good one because I hadn't thought about, it's so much easier for me to talk to somebody about what my business is and what I offer than it is for me to put it on paper. And so I love the idea of sort of just talking into like my, my memos on my phone and then using that as a way to create copy. That's a great idea. I love that a lot. And then you can cut out the extra stuff. You can cut out the ums and mm-hmm. the uhs that I've probably said a lot today. <laughs> and you can just bring it down to the really raw, juicy information. Make sure that it's in complete sentences. Add some of those fun adjectives that perhaps you've brainstormed earlier and then put that on your website. Because I know we've all had those moments where we're talking to a client and we say something that's so like genius and we use a, a way to describe something about our business and then we forget to write it down and we forget to, to record it. And then we go to create our content. We're like, oh, what was it that I said that one time to that one person that was so great and it just came out and you can't remember it? Yeah, I use my phone for that all the time. I'm constantly... And I'll go through... I was listening to... This is kind of a side note, but I was listening to... Um, a radio show one day and they had this bit where they went through the notes section of their phone and just read off like all the random notes they had. And I was like, oh, I could totally do that. Like if you pull up my notes section, I have got the most random things saved because I will like, I was watching um, a show the other day and there was like a line that somebody said and I paused the show. My husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, I need to record. I need to write that down. It was such a good quote. <laughs> And he's like, just do it later. I'm like, no, I'll forget. And I'm sure it's yep. in my notes somewhere. And I'm going to go back to it and be like, what exactly was that again? <laughs> but use the technology you have because if you're not at your computer and a mo- like an idea or a, a word or a line hits you, like record it, put it in your notes, write it down something so that you can always go back to it. Yes. And then another cool thing that you can do is you can record your client calls So that way, while you're talking to a client, you don't have to like stop the call, which is probably pretty important, (laughs) write down for future references, but you can record it so you can refer back to it later. And then you can also use reviews. So if you have reviews from clients where they're talking about your products, they're talking about your services, 
go and look at those. They're probably almost better than you are at describing Mm -hmm. what you do because they have an outside perspective. They know what it's like to be that person who was struggling, who needed your help, and then who hired you and benefited from that. So use some of their insights and some of their wording. Obviously, you don't want to just copy and paste into your writing, but you can kind of gain insight into how they describe you. I did this the other day for a client. She is a DJ and an MC, and she said that um, you know a lot of her clients just describe her abilities really well, but she had struggled talking about it herself. So I went through her reviews and found some really cool um, like wording and insights as to how people feel when they work with her. And then I was able to incorporate that into the writing. And then of course, we actually use the reviews on the website too, because that's yeah. a nice social proof where we cite the, the client and um, maybe have a link to a, a detailed blog post that's about their project. That's a oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, you're right. Like I've heard that before about using like going back to what your clients say, cause they will, but if you start seeing patterns and what your reviews are all saying, then that's a pretty clear indication of something of value that you're offering. So kind of going along the lines of the reviews, I know like a big thing right now is with these website designs is having kind of these graphics with text on it. So like I'll go to some and they'll have like, even just a, you mentioned the reviews one, like they'll have a screenshot kind of of like a review that someone put and they'll just kind of put it as an image on their website or they'll have several of them kind of, you know, in in like columns, but that's not getting you the word count like you mentioned. So is it better to just have the text there as opposed to having it in a graphic form that may look prettier but it's not helping you with Google, right? Yes, that's such a good point. Don't do screenshots and graphic-based text because Google can't quite, as of now, crawl that. They're not going to be able to count that in your word count. They're not going to be able to go through that and see whether or not you should rank for a certain topic. So I always recommend, like if you have reviews on Google or on Yelp or wherever it is, I always recommend just copying and pasting the actual review into a text box, but then having a link to the actual site because then that, that adds like the authority that like, yes, this is a published review. I didn't just write this on my own and it's good to link to other places. Anyways, it's nice to have um, for SEO links to other resources and helpful information. So that's a, a good way to do your reviews and include them without kind of ruining your word count or um, having a negative effect on your website. Okay. So then let's talk about the SEO part of this a little bit. Like you kind of touched on it briefly when it comes to the word count and not having graphics that are or text graphics. So what are some other things? Because I know that's a question I see a lot in Facebook groups is about Google rankings and SEO. And, and what are some things you can do text-wise that's really beneficial in your website that's easy to do? Great question. So a lot of people, I feel like, get scared by SEO because they're thinking like, oh, do I have to know how to code? What are meta tags? What's a meta description? And all this industry jargon scares people away. They feel like they're going to have to spend a million years to do anything well on their website. But really my focus as a writer is the front end optimization. So actually just making sure that I'm using the right keywords within the actual content that I'm writing and publishing on my website. So I don't do a lot of backend stuff. I mean, there's a few things that you can do. Um, But again, you don't have to know how to code to do all these things. So when it comes to some quick fixes or, well, they're not really fixes, but some ways that you can help your website with search engine rankings is to do some keyword research. So there are some free tools where you can find the keywords that you should probably include on your website if you want people to find you for those things. Keywords are all about just making sure that you have the right wording on your website. So a lot of users looking for something and you offer that something, 
they're more likely to find you. I always like to tell the story. Um, it's a little overused in my uh, own background and experience just with my clients. I like to tell a lot, but it's really helpful in terms of understanding SEO. So I was a reporter at my university in college. Well, that was repetitive. <laughs> I was a reporter at my university and they had these articles, of course, that would publish about the football games and they just were not ranking well at all. They would talk about like the score, so-and-so scored a touchdown, but they just didn't rank. And it was weird because you would think that if the university itself is publishing a story about their own football game, if someone was looking up information about that game, they would find it. But that wasn't the case with them. And they realized after doing a little bit of digging or maybe someone who had a bit of a clue about search engine optimization came and spoke to them. But what happened is they realized that they got so into the nitty gritty of the football game and what happened giving the play-by-play, they forgot to actually mention like X team versus X team football game. So the actual wording that someone would go online and search into that little search bar to find that story about the game they didn't have that keyword. And because of that, people weren't finding them and they weren't ranking well. So they started to fix that. And every time they published a story from then on out, they made sure to include the keyword or the keywords that people would be using to find that football game. So they would say like football game between X and X or X versus X football game. So that way they could actually be found. So that's what you want to do with your website. What is it that you do? What are people going to search for to find someone who does what you do? So the first thing you can do is just go into Google and just search things that relate to what you do. So if you're a brand coach, just type in brand coach. Like, what is it pulling up? Is it actually pulling up brand coaches? Is it pulling up something totally irrelevant? Maybe that's not a good term if it's pulling up something totally unrelated to what you do. Um, I looked up brand coach today and it was pulling up like the fashion brand coach. Oh yeah. Like if I'm actually a branding coach, that's not going to be super helpful. (laughs) Coach itself is such a big brand. They're just, I'm not going to be able to compete with them. But there's other terms like branding coach or personal branding coach that you can add to your website content to make sure that it ranks well. So I'll start in Google to just to make sure that like I'm using the right term, that if I look that up, it's pulling up something similar. I feel like if my business was pulled up in that search, it would make sense. And then I'll go into some keyword research tools. Google Keyword Planner is a free one. Uber Suggest is a free one. And I'll type in those same terms and it will show me how often they're searched. So it's called like their search volume. It will show me the competition, so how easy or hard it is to rank with that term. And then I'll select one main term per page on my website. So maybe for my homepage, I'll optimize it for, um, like if I'm a wedding photographer based in Oregon, I'll optimize my homepage for Oregon wedding photographer, and I'll add my business name in there. And then my about page, maybe I will optimize that for like wedding photographer in Portland. So there's different like versions of keywords you can use. And then you want to optimize each page for them. And by optimize, I just mean to make sure you're using that specific phrase in the title of the page, throughout the content, in subheadings. And you can do this naturally, you know, on your homepage, you know, where it has the mission statement, it might say, um, you know, I'm a brand photographer who focuses on, you know, X, Y, and Z. So that's that mission statement. And then maybe there's an about section that says, uh, you know, again, as a brand photographer, I do this. And so you're just using the term naturally as if you're talking to someone about what you do and you're just making sure to throw it in there occasionally. And that is going to help you. And that can optimize your website without having to know how to code. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. That's awesome. Because I think that some people get a little nervous. They've heard so many, I don't want to say horror stories, but just bad feedback about, you know, like keyword stuffing and don't, you know, don't try to make it sound like you're adding too many keywords, but you have to have those keywords in there. And so let's talk a little bit about blogging, because I know that that's a really great way to kind of boost your SEO too. You get a lot of word count, you get a lot of um, keywords in there. I do know a lot of people who are blogging, but they're not blogging in what I would probably say is like the most optimal way. And again, going back to the industry I know, which is photography, I see so many photographers that will post in groups. They'll say, oh, I haven't posted a blog post in a while because I haven't ha- I haven't been shooting a whole lot. And I go and I'll look at their blog post and it's all, you know, oh, I photographed this family um, they were great. Take a look at their photos and they'll have like 30 photos, but they'll have maybe two sentences of text. So I think when it comes to blogging, like what are some tips that you have for a, you know, creating content when, for example, if you're posting like a a photography session, or maybe you are, um, a baker and you love to, to create really beautiful cakes, but you need to have some kind of story to go with it. How do you create that content? And then B, what's the benefit of having that? Great question. So you're right. A blog is really important if you want your website to rank well. Um, you know, your website is kind of like your property. You know, if you only have five pages, you've got like five acres in town. That's not a lot of land in comparison to how much land there really is. And the more blog posts you add, then you know your property gets bigger, and that you know affects how well you are ranking online. How many people are likely to find you? The more acres you have, the more likely it is that that little butterfly is going to happen to fly over and land on your property. So that's kind of how your website works with the blog. I love that so, analogy. That's awesome. Yeah, just came up with that on the fly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, you know, how do you use your blog effectively, you know, if you're mostly using it as a portfolio, but you still want that to rank well? I actually recommend to a lot of my clients to do two different types of blog posts. So one is that more portfolio-based blog post where you're featuring a project that you did or a session that you had if you're a photographer and you're adding the photos. And yeah, it's definitely a big mistake to only add a couple of sentences. So with those type of posts, I like to go into more detail about that project or about that photo session. So I'll add information maybe um, about the couple that I photographed or the business that I worked with their needs. And you're kind of telling the story. And the goal there is that if someone, you know, if a potential client opens that blog post, they'll see the value in working with you as well as the photographic results, uh, whatever that might look like for your business. And then to optimize it, it's a little bit more challenging because a lot of your posts might be the same. If you're a wedding photographer, you're going to have a lot of wedding photo features. If you're a uh, brand coach, you'll have a lot of branding features. But what you can do is kind of find something super specific within that project to focus on and optimize for. So a lot of photographers, a big thing they can do is to optimize the post based on the venue or the location. So if there's a venue that gets a lot of searches, you've done your research within that keyword research tool, you'd like to photograph there more. 
and you happen to have one wedding that you did there, then I would make that post all about that venue and include the, the photos from it. So within the page title, the actual blog title, you can include the venue name and maybe the names of your clients um, just to make it so personal, like it's still about them. And then within the content of the post, because that's what I'm trying to optimize it for. I'm trying to optimize it for that location. I'll include that throughout the content of the post. I'll describe the location. Maybe you can go into the amenities and features of that location. So that way, if people are actually finding this post, it's helpful to them. It's relevant to them. If they're like a client that's planning their wedding, they'll be like, ooh, that wedding venue does like look as beautiful as I thought it does. Look at these photos. I want my photos to look like that. And then they might hire you because of that. So you want to be informative and helpful. And if you don't have the opportunity to kind of focus on a location or whatever it is, then kind of niche down into like what the project was. Like as a copywriter, I've done some blog posts that are like about copywriting for photographers or copywriting for web designers. And each of those can be optimized based on that specific target audience. And then that can help me with my ranking. So you can do the same thing with your business. So just get specific about what that, what that is about and then make sure to actually like be helpful and informative. Describe the process, describe the transformation, maybe include a review from that project and that can be helpful for you. That's so that's good, a way, yeah. that's a way to add some more content to those portfolio pieces. But then the other type of blog post that I recommend doing is more of a helpful and informative blog post that maybe doesn't even feature any of your work, but is, is a guide for potential clients or just for people online so that you add some more credibility to what you do. So if you're a photographer, you can talk about lighting, locations, you can talk about um, how to prep for your engagement session. There's so many different things you can do that will be helpful to your clients anyways but that can also help with your website rankings. If you're in any of the other industries, you know, if you're a product-based business, you can talk about how to use that product or, um, you know, benefits of that product and talk about like how that product can change your life. You know, something along those lines that people are looking for, they're looking for help and information regarding that and just kind of like add that perspective from your business as the expert in what you do and be that resource that they go to when they need help with that specific area. Yeah, it's interesting when, you know, this is something I've done for a long time as far as the creating content that adds value. And again, the more you, you do it or the more you're aware of it, the more you see it in other companies. And I've started kind of a swipe file on my computer and in my email inboxes. I, I no longer shy away from like getting on people's email lists because I want to see what other people are doing with their content. And a lot of times I'll get on a list and they'll send out emails. And a lot of times it links to like a blog post they've done or something on their website. And I ordered recently some makeup from a company and I get on their email list because you know you sign up and you get like a free shipping or 10% off, whatever of the deal was. Um, and I started getting their emails and I don't, I mean, I like their product. It's great, but they have like one product on their whole line that I actually will use because I just don't wear makeup (laughs) that much. And so I'm like, I don't really have a need to like buy a bunch of makeup, but I love the content they're sending out because it's helpful to me. It's not only like, Hey, here's our newest, greatest product. It's, Hey, here is this concealer that you bought. And here are like five different ways that you can use this concealer. You know, maybe you bought this color, but now that it's summer and you're going to be, you know, a little bit darker, like here's ways you can still utilize your makeup or here's how you can make sure you get the most out of your makeup or here are, you know, ways to like, I bought one that was like a um, tinted moisturizer with sunscreen and they've started sending out tips on like, Hey, we're getting into summer. Here are some great ways to keep your skin safe this summer. Like, you know, we add sunscreen into our products, but you also need to be doing X, Y, and Z. Like, don't forget to have sunscreen in your lip, in your chapstick that you put on so your lips don't get burned. And those are the things that make me keep going back to that company 
because not because their product was all that spectacular. I mean, it was a great product, but it's not like earth shattering and life changing, (laughs) but because they've given so much value, it has made me look forward to their emails and their blog posts and their website content when they put it out. Yes. And it's because they're not selling to you the whole time, but because they're just being helpful and informative and providing value to your life, like you're still there. You're still on their list. You're attentive. You're attentive. You're opening their emails and you'll probably end up buying from them again. And if not, like here you are talking about them. So obviously they're doing something right because they're top of mind. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to like, just in general, but with copy as well, it's like I was saying, I keep a lot of emails. So if I have a company or a brand or a person that I'm on their email list, I will keep their emails and use those as inspiration. So when I'm stuck on creating a blog post or an email or something for my website, I go and I look through their content because I want that will inspire. Obviously, I'm not going to copy what they've done, but just seeing how somebody else has done something similar can inspire me as well. So don't be afraid to look at what other brands are doing. Don't be afraid to, you know, like I said, keep a file on your desktop or keep, you know, um, an inbox, you know, tab in your inbox and like where you slide all those emails in there. And that way you just have kind of this plethora of things you can go back to that are going to give you inspiration. I do the exact same thing. I have a little learning uh, category in my uh-huh. inbox where it's just like, if it's something I want to learn that I got an email about, or if some, mm-hmm. it's something that I think could be like useful to refer to later, or like you said, just go through for inspiration. Uh, it's definitely an, an awesome thing to do. But the one, I guess, warning that I have is just to make sure that you don't read through that kind of stuff the same within the same allotted time, like five minutes that you're planning on writing, because then I feel like you're more prone to just end up copying them. And that's going to serve against you because you need to go start back at that questionnaire side of things. Like, what is your brand? What makes you different? Why did you start this business? You want to focus on that area. It's still okay to like go to other people's sites and be like, what the heck do I talk about on my about page? Let me go look over here, but don't use the same thing as she did. Make sure to write your own story, your own background. That's what they're coming to you for. They like you, they want you, they don't want that other girl. So make sure to to stand out and not let inspiration turn into plagiarism or just becoming like everyone else in the stream of things. Oh, so good. Yeah. So true. Okay. So my last question for you, and I I could go on forever and we'll have to have you back on again because I have so many other things I want to dive into. But my last question for you is this, and I kind of end a lot of my shows with this. And that is if your best friend came to you today and said, okay, Lauren, I have this great business idea. I want to get started but I don't really know where to begin. What would be your number one piece of advice to her starting a business? That's so good. And it's really relevant because my sister and I have been starting a business for her this oh, week. Nice. So I'm literally in the, in the, the throes of it. Um, what would I say? So I think when it comes to starting a business, I feel like the first thing you really want to do is make sure that you know exactly what it is that you want to do and how it will help. Um, you know, as much as you put effort and investments into designing a beautiful logo or getting a nice website developed or paying for a bunch of social media ads, if you don't have something um, of value that you're able to describe uh, well, then it's not going to do you any good. So that's where I would start is just making sure like, you know exactly like what it is that you're doing. Like, what is that package? What's included in it? 
but also like number one, know how it's going to help. Like what's the transformation going to do? Because if you know that everything you do is going to be way more successful when you're writing your website, when you're on social media, when you're talking to clients, if you know that the answer to that question, like, how does this help you? How does this affect your life? How does this affect your business? Then you'll be able to serve better, market better, um, and just do better with your business. So that, that would be my number one is just solidifying those packages, but I'll throw in an extra tip here. And that would be to, um, just have clarity and transparency and all, all the, all of the things that you're doing. So, um, on your website, if what you do is going to help with X, Y, and Z, you want to make sure that you're including that clear, straightforward information and that it's consistent in everything you do. You want to have your stuff in order. So that way when they come to you, when you're booking clients, hopefully and you're doing some marketing that like you've got it down, you've got it down packed, you've practiced it, you know what it is that you do and it's transparent no matter where you are in your business. So I know that was a little bit big, but it, no. it, once you dive in, it can be super helpful. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like saying like, make sure you come back to your why each time, like kind of that true North. Like if you know exactly the, the why behind what you're doing, then anytime you feel yourself kind of straying, you can always come back to that. Like you said, like your purpose behind what it is that you're doing. So I think yes. that's a great piece of advice. And it's definitely one that I have struggled with early on in my business because I got sucked into like what I call shiny thing syndrome, where I just was like, oh, but this looks fun. And this looks fun. And let's try this. And I forgot to come back to like, no, what is the real purpose behind what I'm doing? So I think that's a yes. really great piece of advice. Okay. If I could change it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. So I think also like the other thing, when starting a business, you really want to make sure that you you just start. I feel like that shiny syndrome is really real where you're trying to learn how to do everything. You're trying to learn how to design a website, how to write, how to do Instagram, all these different things. But you need to just focus on what you do best and pick a few areas to focus on. So many business owners have come to me and been like, I'm doing all the above. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Instagram. And I'm like, just hold up. Like, okay, what are you even doing? What are you trying to sell? And then two, where's your audience? And just like focus on those areas that are going to be more effective for you and where you're most successful. Like you're a solopreneur at the beginning. And if you put all of your eggs in all these different baskets, they're all going to be pretty empty. So you want to focus in the few areas that you're good at. Like if you're an amazing coach, then focus on like, where can I like add that authority? Like I need to get on my Instagram stories and focus there. And like, that could be a good area for you. Don't, don't get distracted. Don't try to become an expert at everything. Focus on what you're good at, get help where you need it. Uh, but don't get distracted. Don't waste your time on things uh, that aren't going to result in good things for your business. That, and I'll say that's really relevant right now, because as we're all sort of stuck at home, I've seen, you know, the, the TikTok revolution, everybody wants to be on TikTok. And I, I know that's not where my audience is. And so I have zero interest, like negative interest in TikTok. Like I don't even want to look at TikTok videos because it just, I'm like, I I'm able to put on my blinders now that I know like this is, this is what I need to be focusing on. But two or three years ago, if I had been sitting here doing the exact same thing and TikTok came along and be like, Oh, I need to learn how to use TikTok and I need to start doing this. But now that I've, I'm focused. It's so much easier to say no to things that are just going to be a time suck. So yes, that's a huge, huge piece of advice. Definitely. Yes. To know how to say no is so hard. (laughs) No, I know it is. Oh my gosh. It's in so many ways. (laughs) Well, Lauren, thank you so much for being on here today and for your expertise. I, like I said, I want to have you back on again in the future because I think there's just like 
a whole nother layer we can dive into. And there's so much when it comes to copywriting, but tell people where they can find you, how they can follow along with you or work with you if they decide they want to work with someone. Yes, of course. So my inbox is always open. I'm often on there chatting with small businesses, brainstorming blog ideas or whatever it is that they might need help with. So if you'd like to connect, I'm on Instagram. It's at salted pages instead of salted caramel. It's salted pages because I like to add the flavor (laughs) to what I do. And then uh, if you want to work with me, I'm available for custom website, copywriting projects, blog writing, and email funnel writing. But I also have a uh, smaller investment for website audits where you can start your website and get a draft done, but then have me look over your website, give you recommendations, feedback, as well as help you do the optimization side of things. So if you're comfortable with writing and getting it started, I can help you finish it up and make sure that it's going to do better for you on search engines. So that's awesome. That's, that's it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I just have to say, I'm absolutely in love with the name of your business. It's so fun. Like it just makes me like want to go and do something creative. I'm like, I want to go be on a beach eating salted caramel <laughs> and doing something creative. Cause that's, that's what it like makes me think of. So great job with that. <laughs> Thank you. I felt like as a copywriter, that needed to be on par. So it's still probably one of the best decisions I've made. (laughs) And tomorrow I will be eating on the beach. We're taking a little road trip down the Galveston. So so fun. Well, enjoy that. Well, thank you so much. And I'm going to link to all of your contact information in the show notes so people can easily get in touch with you. And we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good day. Oh my goodness. There was so much great information in today's interview. Thank you. Thank you to Lauren for sharing all of her wisdom and insights and tips. I feel like this episode had so much potential for like pages and pages of notes. So if you were listening in the car or while you were out doing something, hopefully you'll come back and listen again, take down some notes and put into practice what she is sharing in today's episode. And don't forget, if you want to learn more from Lauren, if you want to learn more about copywriting, do's and don'ts, tips and tricks, all the things, then head over to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash business builders, sign up for the November business builders membership and learn from Lauren, our guest expert inside the membership this month. All right, ladies, that does it for our episode this week. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in each week and for your support of the Girl Means Business podcast. I can't wait to see you back here again next week. Same time, same place.